As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Welcome back to the Michael Aldroyd Comedy Podcast, guys. It's been a while since I've had uh, an episode created and blasted into the universe. I apologize and say you're welcome at the same time, because uh, I apologize if you've been waiting and it's messed up your schedule in some way, shape, or form, Um, but I, um, you know, I say you're welcome for building up the suspense because I have a really great episode uh, that's been just brewing, guys. Um, Brewing for your eardrums. And I will get right into it. With that said, um, a lot's happened in the last month. Episode 48 was a really special uh, episode, and uh, so much has happened in the world of comedy. But you know what? I think I want to change it up for you guys a little bit today. I think you can only take so much analysis and whatnot of what comedy is, I would imagine at some point you probably just want to be experiencing the funny rather than hearing about the alchemy of humor. Some people find it interesting to get behind the psychology of comedy and whatnot, but today I'm just going to share my life with you a little bit. Um, so the girl that I met on the plane in L- on my way to L.A., I wanted to give you guys... Uh, an update on how that went. Like I said, uh, we really had a great time on the plane. She was a nice girl. I wanted to make out with her. I could tell there was some type of mutual attraction. How long that, how, how big of an attraction she felt. I mean, I can never speak for someone else, but you know, when someone, you know, when a girl's not interested and you know, when she is, and you can feel, you may not know the level of it, but you can tell, you can feel whether or not she is. And I I could tell there was an attraction. So anyway, I followed up with her and you know, she, I gave her my business card. She said she was going to hit me up and she didn't. So I was like, damn, like what the hell did she lose it? So I hit her up a couple days later. I remembered her name because she told me. Um, and, uh, I hit her up and she responds. She's like, Oh, sorry for not hitting you up. And then she's like, I gotta be honest. I'm actually seeing somebody. Right. So I think she had a good time on the plan and she knew that nothing could happen. So it was kind of harmless to her. Uh, but I was obviously disappointed to hear that. Um, but I, I guess I wasn't surprised when she didn't hit me up right away after the interaction we had, I wasn't as surprised. Right. Um, so I think, I think she even apologized for not telling me. She's like, I didn't, I don't know if I should have or not, but you know, I think, I think she was just having fun and she knew that nothing could come of it in her mind. So she felt like it was okay. You know, it's not like we were going to do anything on the plane. Now, if we started making out on the plane, I would say, first of all, most people don't make out on planes, um, especially with strangers, even though I, I, I would have loved to, but I would say, all right, you probably should have told me you have a boyfriend in that case. Um, so nevertheless, uh, you know, we, we, she wants to see a show. She told me she's down, but she doesn't want to hang out one-on-one, which, you know, I completely respect that. Um, and I texted her, you know, I, uh, we text here and there, which is probably not the greatest. I think I'm, I don't want to tempt her. I don't want to be a homewrecker, right? Like I've, I've got that. I can tell that there's a mutual attraction, but I also, 
uh, without getting into her business, which I'm not, I, what I said is don't, if you got a good guy, and I can't decide that for her or not, she either does or she doesn't, but ultimately what I said is if you have a good guy, you got to hold on to him, you know, don't let some shiny object like myself distract you, you know, so I'm proud of myself for uh, being unselfish by saying that, I mean, actions speak louder than words, so I need to commit to those words and actually embody what I'm telling her by not tempting her or trying to, you know, do anything that would, you know, uh, cause her to derail her life and his. Um, it's just about discipline, I guess, from this point forward and letting go, right? Um, it's not all about me, son. I've been, I've been hurt very bad, you know, my ex-girlfriend. I've, been, I've had my heart broken twice, yo. And I don't ever, you know, I've been cheated on by the one girl that I was truly in love with. And, you know, I don't ever want to, I don't I want anyone to ever feel that level of pain. And I definitely don't want to create that for somebody. I don't want someone to feel that pain because it was originated by my own selfishness, right? Just because I've experienced that pain. It's not like, I don't like the idea of it's like, oh, when I was a freshman, the seniors, hazed me so now it's my turn to haze a new group of people i'd rather just be the the martyr that like absorbs the the pain for everybody right i'd rather like if it's possible to 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 get closer to jesus's level when it comes to like just taking one for the team right right like kind of just saying i'll be the one that absorbs this um i don't want to just just because i've been hurt doesn't mean that i can go around and and, and hurt others because i've got like a karma pain right like yeah uh, i just because something came around first that hurt doesn't mean that i have the right to make it go around i don't want to be the one that's like oh it came around so i'm gonna make it go around they say what goes around comes around, but I'm flipping it on you. I, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Like, just because sometimes something bad comes around for whatever reason. Maybe you never, maybe you didn't deserve it karma-wise. So maybe you're actually, you get hit with something real negative And you're like, well, now I can like, this is an excuse for me to go hurt someone, hurt someone else or go make a girl cheat on her boyfriend for my own selfishness like that's not cool i'm not i'm not i'm not down for that i don't ever want to participate I'll, I'll die profiting because i just absorbed the pain right uh and and prop when i say profiting what i mean is not sending that pain toward others but just internalizing that you know what i'm saying all right i know that's kind of deep but fuck it um my podcast i can do whatever the fuck i want you, you feel hey <laughs> you're welcome for me opening up to the audience now I, I love you i appreciate you appreciate you you know i hope you guys um are enjoying it i i i'm enjoying doing these i plan on doing a lot more who knows hundreds of more episodes i mean the things that we could talk about are endless i want to talk so much that you can't even remember what we talk about because it's just too much but you just laugh and you're entertaining and you're having a good time and then you go back to your life and you feel a little bit refreshed or whatever, you know? Um, 
yeah, that's probably all I have to say about that. So. Anyway, moving on to uh, last weekend, which was a pretty epic weekend. I went down to Miami this last weekend on a whim. Um, it's been my first trip out of town since I went to L.A. a month ago. And last week, probably Tuesday, today's Wednesday, the 25th, I believe. Uh, anyway, last Tuesday or Monday night, one of my friends hit me up, uh, a guy who lived across the hallway from me here. I've mentioned him before, the, the mysterious, uh, successful uh, person that used to work on Wall Street. That's all I can really say about him without feeling like I'm being um, disrespectful to, toward the, the sanctity of his privacy. Uh, nevertheless, though, um, he hit me up and said, hey, you want to go to Miami this weekend? Uh, and we have he has a, a mutual friend that he's introduced me to before. Another successful chap, you know, and uh, I guess he's living down. In, that guy's living down in Miami for the time being, probably because it's cold in New York and miserable. Uh, and the weather is has still been sucky for a while. So I was like, yeah, uh yeah, absolutely. I mean, why would I turn down the opportunity to go down there? I've never been to Miami before, aside from flying through on my way to, like, Costa Rica. Um, but the view is beautiful, and I've heard great things. Um, I've heard great things about the females as far as beauty goes. Uh, it's a great Latina culture. I was like, man, I've been wanting to get down there for a while. Maybe find Abella Anderson, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite porn stars. Um Anyway, uh, I'm in, right? So I booked a plane ticket Tuesday night last week for the weekend, Thursday through Sunday. And, uh, wow, it was what you expect Miami to be. It was the type of trip that you would imagine in your head as the ideal Miami trip, especially as a, a guy, a single guy, right? Or, um, I guess I have to be speaking from that perspective uh, most people, not everybody has the same viewpoints or whatever, but from, from a single dude's perspective, it was the, it was like a bachelor party weekend. Uh, it was probably, it was probably a lot better than most bachelor parties, to be honest. I don't mean to be an asshole, um, but I, I have to be frank with you. It was crazy with the ups and downs that come with craziness, right? Um, Thursday night, I got in, I landed after, uh, I landed around 10.30, oh, 11.30, and did comedy, you know, boring stuff, I know, <laughs> um, did some comedy, and then uh, met up with my buddy who flew in, and the three of us went out to the W Hotel, if you guys don't know, W's, they're pretty high status in, in general, they got a, it's a chain, um, so we went to the W Hotel, and they had a nightclub in there, and I was just walking toward the hotel and seeing the, the peacocks, as I like to say, um, the girls dressed up, um, you know, basically attracting, you know, knowing exactly what they're doing by what they're wearing to attract the male suitors. Uh, I, I was, my eyes were popping out of my head. My heart was beating, you know, uh, I was already, I mean, it, it's one of those things where you kind of, I hate to admit it, but you kind of lose control, man. You know, I'm a sucker for beautiful women. And I, you know what? I think I have to actually preface this entire podcast really quick by just validating the difference between what I believe is subjective beauty and objective beauty. Um, 
and um, clarifying very clearly that I love women and view them not as objects. Uh, I love my mom. We have a close relationship. Uh, she's the best in the world. Uh, I'd do anything for her. Uh, I love my sister. I love my nieces. Um, I love women, you know. Um, so I got I to gotta get that out there first. In fact, my sister, in a way, kind of taught me what what Casanova was and his mindset in a way that is not objective, right? Not, not objectifying women. And I, I actually really like that. And I've kind of adopted that to a certain extent. I'll explain what I mean. Uh, Casanova um, learned or he had the ability to see the beauty in all women, right? And beauty can go way beyond skin deep, as we all know. You know, I'm a big fan of the Me Too movement and, and women, you know, doing, you know, all of us doing what we need to do to make sure that women are viewed and treated as equals, right? Because um, they are. Well, that's just that's just a fact. Um, we have so much to, to, to honor women with. But without... I think you get the point. You don't need to hear that stuff from me. I'm not going to sit up here and, and just explain myself for the next hour before I go into this stuff. Um, just know that, okay? Now, okay, so Casanova, Casanova had the ability to see the, the beauty in all women. And one of, his, one of the reasons he was with so many women is because he always found the beautiful thing in the woman and, and drew that out of them or or was able to highlight that and, and appreciate that about the woman, right? To truly appreciate that. And I think that's why women um, were attracted to him is because they weren't being objectified by him. You know, they, they, they could see um, that he was being genuine. From what I know, from what I've learned through my sister, um, she's taught me a lot about girls. Uh, in fact, um, there's an entire spectrum of, of, you know, attraction and, and, you know, when it reaches the level to where you just can't live without a woman or, or you know, like my sister's been there for me um, through really hard times with, with, with girls. And it was because of her that I'm as tough as I am, I, I think, you know, and that, um, you know, there was a time in my life where there was a girl I really liked and, I liked her so much that I needed my sister's advice. I had already been hurt once, and, you know, I said, I'm scared. I really like this girl, you know, and I'm I'm really afraid of getting hurt, you know. I'm really afraid of getting hurt. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this before, but anyway, she's uh, – I was like, what do I do? I don't I don't really know what to do. And, and she was like, you need to step up to the effing plate. You need to step up to the plate and swing your best shot and knock it out of the park. And I was like, I love that and everything, but it's scary. I was like, what if I, what if I feel, I feel like I could be destroyed, you know? And she said, no matter what happens, whether it goes the way you want or your world is destroyed, there will come a day, worst comes to worst, where you're going to be 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And every single woman out there will be able to smell that off of you. Um, every girl out there will know and wonder how you are so tough and together and emotionally stable, you know, basically not intimidated, you know, because if basically we're saying if, if your heart is destroyed again, you know, you will be, she didn't say Superman, but essentially 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And that's what happened.
you know, that that's the truth is that my world was destroyed. I stepped up to the plate. I don't regret it. And later in life, I'm, I'm not afraid, you know, of women anymore. I was, that was my biggest fear actually. It was fear of beautiful women growing up. Um, it truly, um, it was frightening, you know, the fear of rejection, you know, you, you had that crush on a girl and school and it builds up and you overthink it and you don't know what to do. And it always feels awkward, and then it feels like the only girls that you like are the ones that aren't attracted to you, and you're confused by it. It's an anomaly, um, you know. And I, I've I've kind of luckily gotten to that point where it's I'm over that, you know. And I'm able to I try my best to be as good of a guy as I can. I mean, the only way to actually know is to hear other girls' perspectives. Um, I would hope that if there are girls out there who've ever felt shortchanged by me or objectified or um, done wrong in any way to whatever capacity it was, if I was dishonest with them or they felt like I I would, God forbid, women out there or any woman ever feels like I used them, but if they do, um, you know, I'd hope that they would let me know that so I could do whatever I can to make it right, right? Um, those. That's not my intentions ever. And I also realize that sometimes things are done out of negligence or even when you don't have ill intent, things can happen where people are rubbed the wrong way or feel in any in any type of engagement, whether it's business or anything else. So the goal is to never do anyone wrong, right? All right, I think I've gotten that stuff out of the way. Now, going into Miami, <laughs> now that the, um, the stuff... I think you guys just needed to know my perspective, right? Because I'm a sucker for beautiful women, and that that can make me sound like an asshole because it sounds like I'm objectifying women. But I I can't help it if my heartbeat starts to increase and my blood pressure increases when I see a certain type of woman, right? And in New York, there's a lot of girls like that. I mean, I found them all over the world, but I, I think the highest concentration where there's girls that make my heart beat out of my chest, uh, I would say New York and then Miami this last weekend. It was absolutely nuts. Um, let's see, first night, so we go out to the W, we're, we're interacting, we're catching up, we're grabbing a couple drinks, being the, the two fellas, the two single steeds, or stallions, if I will. These dudes are older than me and uh, much further along in their careers. Um, from what I can tell, very successful and cool people. I mean, you know, I'm thankful that... Uh, they're kind of taking me in. I felt like the, the younger, cool, the cool kid, you know, uh, like I was in middle school. <laughs> um, you know, these guys are taking me under their wing in a way. So I'm learning stuff and a little bit about my, you know, being more aware of some of the ways of the world that I may or may not still be ignorant to. Um, nevertheless, though, um, I noticed at the first club the girls were very standoffish some girls that i would go up to uh to try to say hi to would just put their hand in my face and say nope like so without seeing even what i look like or, or whatever right so i think that i noticed right away that that's a um i don't take that personal what i do is i i make an evaluation of what the culture is in miami and i think that what that means is that dudes are always on hitting on uh, these girls and they've just built up this defense mechanism, right? Where it's like, don't even talk to me if I don't know you. It's like, but why are you, <laughs> why are you dressing up to attract me so that you can attract, uh, so that you can um, uh, reject me, right? Why are you, why are you doing that, son? 
Why are you doing that, daughter? Why are you doing that? Um, but it's you know, it's it, we had it. It was fun. We we had a couple. Uh, uh, we threw some darts at that first place, uh, and a lot of the darts just got rejected, just swatted out of the air, right? Just swatted right out of the air uh, to where it was. You know, I'm gonna point my light. Like I said, I'm 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 pretty bulletproof. I don't take that stuff personal. Uh, it, it can. It doesn't mean I'm invincible. I'm still human, and though I, I, I'm close to bulletproof, I'm still not bulletproof. Um, there is a, still a vulnerable side, and empathy is still my greatest strength. Um, so I've never lost touch of the empathy, even with my um, toughness, my, my heart, the scars on my heart, uh, and in my heart, not just on, not on the surface, like deep in the freaking part of the heart where the, the atrial valves are like pumping the scars in there, you know, that exist, make it like strong, like, uh, like that dude from taken the, the dad, you know what I mean? Like tough in that way, um, hardened, but not having lost touch of empathy or, or caring or sensitivity toward, toward a woman. Right. Um, nevertheless, um, where did we go next? This, so, so where we went next, uh, I just was along for the ride. We went to this place called Eleven. It's a strip club, very nice strip club. I don't go to strip clubs. I think the last time I went to one was for one of my friends' friends in Philadelphia, Mike. Uh, it was his birthday like a year ago. It was before Jimmy's wedding. Jimmy, my, my buddy who I've mentioned several times, uh, the guy who got married and did the surprise wedding. Uh, anyway, um, so we go to the strip club. We go to this place called Eleven. And, you know, we were interacting, talking, you know, a lot of the girls are coming up wanting to sell you lap dances. I think they had some kind of a special or something. I don't know, three lap dances for 120 bucks. Um, something like that. I don't even remember. Uh, I don't know if they want me uh, announcing their specials or whatever, but nevertheless, uh, the night carried on. I was, I was not planning on staying out late that first night. I was just going to do comedy and then go home. But you know, when my buddy got in, he's like, we're going out and we're going to the W. I was like, oh man, I can't, I can't resist that. Right. It's like a, it's like a drug, man. Beautiful women are a drug to me. Um, not to reveal my weaknesses. Um, and it's not just, like I said, it's not just physically beautiful women. So don't, as I've gotten older, a woman's physical beauty has less power over me and it's more about who she is as a person. I mean, all right. I feel like this is just, you know, I'm speaking from, from how I view. Like, there's girls that are physically just draw me by their, their looks. And, uh, I think as I've gotten older and more mature, it has a less, lesser of effect, but I still love it. As every guy does, whether he admits it or not, every heterosexual dude is, is, uh, physically aroused by, uh, beautiful women, right? Again, beautiful, your type, that varies, whatever. Um, and that's why the strip club, different, there's different strippers there and different guys, uh, um, you know, that, that, uh, you know, people have different choices and whatnot. So, um, my two guy friends wanted to get a, uh, a VIP room with two girls. They wanted two and two there. And, uh, I, I was, I had been drinking, so I was a little out of it, but I can remember, uh, and I can remember some of the, the fuzzy details. And what I remember is they're like, hey, our, our credit card, they won't take Amex here. They won't take Amex. And that's all we have on us. We need to run your card, right? And I'm like, what do you mean, man? You know, I don't, 
I don't even need to do an impression myself, but they're like, we need to run your card, bro. Uh, it's, it's 1100 plus tip and you should get yourself the room for 45 minutes with us. It'll be the three of us guys go find a girl that you like. Let's all do this. Right. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I, I was so out of it that that, that, that would have been such a fun thing to do. I think like in that moment. And I can't even remember. Anyway, it would have been a, it would have been a fun idea. Um, but I was so out of it. They were like, yeah, go find someone that you like, man. We'll wait. And I was like, ah, it's fine. Dude, just go choose somebody for me. Like that's how out of it I was. Right. Um, I was like, just go choose somebody for me. They're like, what are you talking about? And I was, I went up to the bouncer right there. I was like, Hey man, just go find me like a, a girl or something. Uh, and, and he's like, well, what, what do you like, dude? <laughs> it's like, you know, you're going to rack up like 550 bucks. Uh, you're not even going to go choose a girl. I was, I, I don't know what I was lazy. I think I was tired. Who knows? Right. And, and I was like, Oh, I like all types of girls, man. Just, just bring one back and I'll say yes or no, which is, I, t- I told one of my friends that, and he's like, that guy was probably thinking, who the hell does this guy think he is, you know, about me? But I was I was just, you know, I was like, yeah, bring me one back. I'll just I'll say yes or no. Like, make sure she's really attractive. Uh, <laughs> did I lose my audience by telling you guys this so far? Anyway, they bring back, from what I heard, was, like, the most beautiful girl in the entire establishment. Again, that's that is a subjective statement, but it's... There's a certain amount where, um, like, like I think a good sign of, of, like, if you get, like, if a girl has a ton of followers on Instagram or something like that, it's a sign of her objective beauty, right? It's a sign of her market value, I guess you could say, but market value doesn't necessarily mean subjective value. And ultimately, what does matter is subjective value, because that's, that's the dude who chooses a specific girl to marry her. Um, and if it's mutual, that's a subjective thing, regardless of what the market rate and everything else, like that rules all right. That, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder that rules all when it comes to, to love, in my opinion. Um, but there still is a market. you know, it's like when a dude's single or a girl's single again, they get back out on the market. Um, that's what they mean by that is the market, the market value. What's your, what's your market value, right? Um, and market-wise, this girl was, from what I heard, I can't even really remember. She was cool. We had a good time. I, I didn't even do anything, though. Like, paid all this money. I was just like, I think I kissed her, and, and that was pretty much it. We just, like, talked because I was just chilling talked about comedy. I was like, you want to follow me on Twitter? It's like, can I get a Twitter follow for this money that I'm spending? <laughs> uh, and I think I... Like, I took a bunch of money out of the ATM before I had gotten there, too. So I just, like, pulled some money some money out of my wallet. And I was like, hey, is that pretty hot or what? <laughs> she was like, yeah, that is very sexy, you know? So just a big wad of 50s. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't, you know, it's, I I haven't, I have so much fun with girls in New York. It's like, whatever, you know? I'm, I'm just down sometimes for the experience and chilling. And, uh, I guess my guy friends had a good time. I wasn't really paying attention to what they were doing. And, you know, uh, Oh, when I had to sign these bills, it was crazy. Like, first of all, somebody has to verify the signature of the credit card because it was such a large purchase, or I guess it's their like policy at this club. Some people probably like come back the next day saying, Hey, I never signed that. Or I don't remember signing that. I was drunk. So, you know, that doesn't look like my signature. So like, 
they have to make sure your signature matches your ID. And the first time they brought me the paperwork for the $1,100 bill plus tip, it was like a $200 tip. I just like made a squiggle and they're like, what the hell is that? You can't do that. Like we have to, now we have to go back and like reprint this receipt. I was like, ah, oh, it's fine. You know, it's fine. It's my signature, man. Um, they're like, it's not fine. We, we're we're going to be back in 10 minutes. We don't want to have to do this again. You know what I mean? So they were kind of disgruntled about that. I came back and I freaking, you know, it's like in your junk state of your mind, like who are these people trying to manipulate me about my signature, man? Like signature is a big deal. You like, you can't tell me how to sign my name. So, you know, whatever. I, uh, I signed it according to what was on my driver's license or the best of my ability. And then they had me like use a thumbprint, right? Like I had to print my thumb as well to show that that was like my valid signature. Um, and then we left and it was sunny outside. We left, it was like seven in the morning. So, uh, talk about ridiculousness. Uh, I went to bed and I woke up at like three in the afternoon the next day. Um, went to the beach for a little bit. Um, you know, walked around, watched, watched the birds, you know, watched the birds in the beach, watched the birds. Um, it was fun. And then, uh, what else did we do? Uh, I think I just chilled. I got some Cuban food, which is pretty delicious. Didn't even know it was Cuban food until, uh, later that night, uh, when I was, I did comedy the next night as well. And I met some really nice comedians, tried kava for the first time. I don't know if anybody here has ever had kava. Uh, it didn't really do much for me. It's probably cause I was just sipping it. Um, I was being a I was being a wuss because I had a few beers before uh, the kava and people were, were warning me that you might get like um, nauseous or whatever. So um, didn't it didn't taste good. You know, like coffee tastes a lot better than kava. But uh, we had a good time. The comedians were cool. Like I said, I got to experience uh, some of the Miami comedy scene those, those two nights there. Uh, Thursday, Friday night. Uh, and then we went out afterwards. I went out with some of the comedians, some of the girls. They were really nice. I talked about my story at the the strip club and how like I woke up the next morning with uh with this flat bill hat that says eleven. I was like, what is this? And apparently that's like my parting gift for spending two thousand dollars at the strip club. Uh you get a flat bill hat, so um you know. I mean I'm not I don't I can't imagine where I would ever wear that hat. So I don't know, maybe I should have put it on for you guys for this podcast. In fact, yeah. I will. To prove that I was there. I don't even know how much money I'm gonna spend to get one of these hats, but for the viewers on YouTube, there's my there's my lid that I got it. Uh there's my that's my lid that I got from uh eleven. And and the comedians were telling me how that's like a common thing. Like people will not really know what's going on, they'll go to the strip club and then run up a, a huge tab. Um but I guess that you know, it's Miami, it's whatever. Um we did it big. It's, it was cool. And then, like I said, we went out that night and some dude hit on me. Uh, I like to wear like flower hats and flower shirts and whatnot just to floss my, my masculinity. And also like, I don't know. I learned recently. I don't know if I, I don't even believe in this stuff, but it's fun. My sister likes it and she tells me about like your numerology. So I'm a number five. I don't know about you guys if you follow that stuff, but apparently number fives like to, they have like a, a strong feminine side as well. Um, and I think being feminine, um, is completely like separated out from your sexuality. Um, it probably can be intertwined with it, but for me, you know, I don't think that's the case. In fact, I know it's not. 
Um, so, um, it was very funny. I didn't even know this dude was hitting on me, uh, at the bar, but he was very friendly, like super friendly, really nice. Uh, I was like, what's up, dude? You seem like a cool bro, you know, like cheers, whatever fist pound. Um, and he was just kind of like flocking around a little bit, you know what I mean? I guess I was like the peacock. I had the, you know, the shiny shirt on that night or whatever. And, uh, and then I went to my comedy friends and I was like, is this guy hitting on me? Like, what's, what's going on? I'm getting the vibe. He might be hitting on me. They're like, are you kidding? Like he's hitting on you hardcore. I was like, oh man, now I feel bad. Um, so it worked itself out. I think I could, I could sense he was kind of fishing respectfully, which goes back to a thing I once, I think I said on the podcast, but being hit on by dudes has really helped shape how I hit on women. It's really helped me know the different or how it feels to be objectified this dude didn't objectify me he was respectful he was nice he was respectfully trying to figure out whether or not i'm gay and i think when he realized i'm not then he he moved on you know he didn't have to ask me outright i think through conversation he just kind of figured it out um and um and i respect that i i i i I, that's how i have tried to i've tried to treat women that way after knowing how it feels, right? Uh, I've had, like I said once before, when I was living in Hollywood, I've been creeped out by a couple dudes, you know, like dudes remembering my name from like a scenario where we had met like a long time before on one tiny occasion. It's like, dude, how the hell did you store that in your memory bank, man? And you're looking at me weird right now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're staring through my soul and just thinking about yourself, right? Like, this dude at the gym that I was working out at was like, I might have to take you out sometime and show you around. We'll grab a drink. And I'm like, that's not how my bros talk to me. I'm feeling a little bit weird right now. Uh, so yeah, I know how it feels and I know how it feels to want to like avoid someone completely, right? Like to, you want to just avoid their entire presence. That's how I felt. I felt weird. I don't ever want to make a woman feel that way. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I've learned from that, um, and we had a great time. Uh, the, we went out in Miami that night. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, Miami Beach versus Miami and then downtown Miami, but we went out in Ma- my, the part of Miami that reminds me of, like, like Hollywood, like Melrose or Sunset Boulevard or even, like, Silver Lake area. It's flat, though, there, the part that we went out. Uh, it was really cool. You know, we are just hollering, being silly, not catcalling, but just being fun. You know, we're on the streets having a good time, blurting stuff out, being, some people might call it obnoxious, but we were having a good time, trying not to create any ruckus that would be disrespectful, whatever, you know. Um, it was cool. And then uh, came back in, had an earlier night that night. I think we stayed out till 4 a.m. I went out, you know, the, the longest duty stayed out was a cool uh, comic from from Miami there. Talked a lot about comedy, and then uh, woke up the next day, kind of did a similar deal, right? I went to the beach for a while. I got some food in my system. I even worked out, believe it or not. Oh, it was so cool because the girl who checked me in also upgraded my room, my room. you know what I mean? And she had a tongue ring, I, I noticed. Like, she was a very nice, clean girl. Um, she had white fingernails, right? And then, like, halfway through the conversation, she had, like, white earrings, and then I noticed she had a white tongue ring. Everything was matching. It was, like, such a sleek, cute tongue ring, but still sexy, that uh, 
has an effect on me, man. You know what I mean? Like, I can't help it. But the, that tongue ring, that tongue ring has draha, son. <laughs> uh, anyway, she upgraded me into a, a nicer room. It had a beachfront view. I had a, my own balcony, so I got to enjoy that throughout the weekend. King size bed, feeling like a little emperor out there. You know what I'm saying, son? Um, we had a great uh, chizat, meaning a great chat, and then. Uh, and then I went to bed and she kept working. <laughs> there wasn't really uh, anything that we could do, if, if, you, if you feel what I'm saying. Anywho, Saturday was something. That was uh, the final, well, I left on Sunday, but I didn't do anything Sunday. So Saturday, this is the climax of the story. So like I said, Saturday I went to the beach. There was a couple girls. I did a Periscope live for a second, I didn't record the girls, but I walked out on the beach and there was two girls with their tops off. And I had seen that once or twice the day before and that day, um, to my memory, but these cool girls are just laying down in the middle of the beach, cute girls, tops off. I didn't see any kids around, but I was like, I guess no one's going to stop them, which is good. Like, I don't think anyone wants to stop them necessarily, but that's hilarious. You know what I mean? And it's one of those deals where you kind of like, you're naturally like drawn to that. So like you want to, say what's up without being a creep, um, you know, or being disrespectful or ruining their afternoon or, or just disturbing them, right? But you almost, you, you, you still got to, like, throw it out there in life if you're attracted to something. If you want to, if you're pursuing a dream or a goal, whatever it is, um, if you want to, if you're attracted to somebody, you got to, you got to holler, you know, respectfully. Right. You got to do the you got to hit on them the way the gay dude was hitting on me the night before to see if there's something there. And if it's not, you move on. Right. You respectfully you respectfully move on. And uh, I hadn't kind of gotten to the point. I, maybe it was like I wasn't in maybe my confidence in that moment wasn't high enough or it just didn't feel right going over there and hollering at them. But I saw these two dudes. um you know, they, they work up their cur they worked up their courage and it was hilarious to watch them. They like walked up and tapped him on the shoulder, which is not something I would do because that's kinda scary if they weren't expecting it. But he tapped him on the shoulder and he's like, Hey, can I leave my stuff with you guys while I go out to the beach, right? And you could tell these dudes were so amplified by these girls. Like the girls giggled and I think they were you know, I think they respected the the courage it took for those dudes to go up and holler. Right. So so that was attractive to them. I think I, I watched the interaction like a creep. Now I watched it out of enjoyment, really. Um, and it was it was fun to see kind of it was kind of fun to see how the girls reacted to it secretly, kind of like, you know, I don't know if their faces turned red or whatever, but they they at least, you know, they, they were they were willing to give these dudes a look based on the courage it took to come up and say what up. So the dudes like ran out to the beach and they were playing and being really rowdy and, and animated. So I think that they were overdoing that. You know what I mean? Like they were, it's kind of like when you score a touchdown, not that they scored one, but you got to act like you've been there before. <laughs> These dudes looked like they had never talked to a pretty girl before. And they were like reacting way out of, uh, they were overextending. What's the word? They were, um, they couldn't, it's like a baby rattlesnake that can't control its venom. It, it wasn't veteran status, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
but nevertheless, I walked away after that and uh, kind of enjoyed that interaction and respected respected the follow through. I respected the, the the throwing of the dart, regardless of where it lands or, you know, if they hung out later or had intercourse or got married. I don't know. Whatever happened, I respected the dart that was thrown. And I think I think guys, I can't speak for women because um, usually it's it's you know women sometimes hit on guys too. But I think I think. As a man, men respect dudes that step up to the plate and try, right? Try to interact and see where it can go, um, you know, because that that does take a level of ballsiness and, um, you know, and, and that ballsiness can be attractive. So that leads to the climax of my story. Uh, we had a great time. I went – I hit up my buddy – uh, his friend that lives in Miami, like, lives at this place called the One Hotel. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, the One Hotel is, like, I don't know if there's any places that are cooler than this place. Like, it's a, a hotel and a residence. And the starting price, let me just give you an, uh, uh, an idea of how nice this place is. The starting price for rent of a one-bedroom place per month is ten grand a month. All right, a one bedroom at the one hotel slash apartment residence, whatever it is, is ten grand a month, and I think you can buy rooms as well. Um, and I, I know that those are uh, way over a million, right? So um, the rooftop of this place was very high status. Well, the entire building was right, but the rooftop you you couldn't just go to the rooftop. You can't just be like, hey, let's go to the pool today. Let's go to the one pool. Like you have to somehow have an in either someone who lives there. They're very tight on on it, right? And it makes it all the better. So we go up there, and I'm telling you, man, like, I even Snapchatted about it. When I was in the lobby, I didn't even know what I was getting into. I just knew it would probably be cool. And I wanted to, you know, I had already done the beach. Now I wanted to do, like, a cool hotel top. You know, the, ho- the hotel pool at my place was cool, but, you know, it wasn't, like, it wasn't anywhere near this status, right? So, and not to put mine down, it was, it was something – people would vacation on, right? There was people vacationing on my uh, hotel uh, pool top and there was a view of the ocean. It was, it was awesome, right? They had cabanas and all this stuff. But, man, in the lobby, it was so nice. I was like, wow, is this the entrance to heaven, right? Like it was like the hotel lobby with the elevator going up to the sky, essentially. And, man, when I got up there, my, my, my eyes popped out of my head just by the beauty of everything, not just the women, but just like the entire scene the the way everything was organized the view of the ocean we were right there downtown miami beach like it was you had the ocean on both sides it would and then you could see behind you i mean it doesn't get better than that right first class everything um and there was beautiful women everywhere so i met um first thing that happened is we walked around did a couple laps whatever you know grabbed a drink and I saw these girls that were on a bachelorette party. Or, or No, there were some girls taking pictures of them, trying to take a selfie with the ocean in the background. And I just said, hey, you guys want me to take a picture of you? And they're like, yeah, please, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we just kind of, like, took a couple. I made sure, you know, I wanted to give them the right picture. So I, got, I took a couple different angles, wanted to make sure that they got to check it, that they liked it. And the one, the, the, one of the girls, I guess, who, like, it was her phone was like, wow, you're really nice. You're so good at that. Thanks for doing that and like taking the extra care there she's like you're awesome guess what i'm like 
we're on a bachelorette party right now. I'm getting married, but I have like 15 single friends, right? And I was like, oh, really? Wow, that's perfect, you know, because I got me and, and two other dudes, actually three, because there was a, another dude who lived here now, right? So it's four dudes, uh, four cool, successful fellas tearing it up, you know, living the single life. And, uh, you know, and, and the guys that I was hanging out with, I guess they were away for a little bit. So I was just hanging out with these girls for a while. Um, I forget the exact sequence. I think I disappeared for a little bit and then came back, but we, we were just getting to know each other. You know, I sat down with a table of girls and they were really nice. You know, I think some of them are from New Jersey. Um, it was funny because one of the girls came up. And she tried to kick me out because she didn't know I was invited by the bachelorette. She's like, uh, this is a private party, so you can't just, like, come in here and sit in our group. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just um, – I was invited by the bachelorette. My name's Mike. And, you know, the bachelorette came. She's like, no, no, he's really nice. He's cool, blah, blah, blah. So, like, the girl apologized. But I respected her bouncer skills, you know. Like, you got to get the riffraff out, you know what I mean? So I liked that she wasn't afraid to – kind of step up and, and hold down the fort for her friend, uh, not knowing the situation. You know, I, I, I respected that. Um, but we had a good time, got to know each other. and um, It was cool. Uh, one of the girls and I, you know, um, had a longer conversation than with the rest of them. And it's funny, like, how people sometimes will view you different. Like, I'll just, you know, we were just having a normal conversation. Somehow football came up and, and then, like, the Eagles, and then, like, how I played football with Jeremy Macklin. And then sometimes when those things come up, people get a little bit um, dazzled. I don't know I don't know the, the word for it, but the, the way that they look at you shifts, right? Um, and she's like, oh, you were – wow, you, you were on the uh, – you, you were on a, a big-time team, you know, all this stuff, and talking about comedy. So she's like, you're kind of, like, like semi-famous in a way, you know? I was like, oh, that's – that's a uh, that's a funny compliment. I would I would use the term washed up walk on, right? Uh, and, and somebody else might use the term, which I saw on on Twitter. Somebody called me a Z list celebrity. So, you know, I think that that you know something like that maybe. But she was really cool. She's like, you need to go like out there and hit on some of these hotter girls. She's like, you're. I was like, why would you put yourself down like that? She's like, well, I'm just a realist. She's like, I think you got a lot going for you. And you can really, like, pull some whatever, you know? I was like, well, but I, I like you as a person. I don't think you should do that. She's like, shut up and go out there and, like, get some hotter chicks. So I guess she either wasn't attracted to me or she really feels that way. Um, anyway, I, I saw her for the beauty that she had, and that's why I was talking to her. Um, you know, just as beautiful as, as anyone else. Uh, I, th I thought that her beauty was... was not just on the outside, but, you know, she was a nice person, you know, she was realistic and everything else. And we had a good time talking, getting to know each other. But I thought it was cool to, to have the opportunity to kind of she, she was a catch and releaser with me. You know, I think she enjoyed the, the time and wanted to release me back into the ocean to, uh, you know, see what else I could uh, come up with and then have the opportunity maybe for herself to to rotate the crops elsewhere. I don't know. Nevertheless, though. It was a blessing in disguise, and I didn't feel rejected, you know, I, I, I was, I thought it was good timing, you know, I, mean, I didn't want to, like, just sit there and, and hog up their, their bachelorette party for the rest of the day, I think it was meant to be, you know what I mean, everything kind of happens appropriately and, and on good time, so, 
I, I noticed that there was this, like, group of girls. There was these two girls sitting with this guy at lunch, right? They were sitting over by the tables. And I'm – when I first I, – I struck eye contact actually with both girls every time I'd, like, go grab a drink or, um, you know, every time I'd go to, um, you know, um, to the bathroom or whatever. We, we struck eyes and – there was definitely a, a charge there. You know, I think, you know, I can't speak for them. I was more than aware of their presence. And I think that they were, they were aware that a, a stallion was amidst them. You know, I think they were aware that a stallion was, uh, you know, bucking, if you know what I mean. You know, uh, he, it's all about, they, they call it putting off the vibe. I think they, they recognized what was up. You know, there was a little bit of eye contact, you know, just body language. I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's more of a feel and maybe that's just my confidence. Some guys maybe would see it completely differently. It's all, maybe it's your viewpoint. Maybe it's, I'm just confident and I assume that they're attracted to me, um, or have the potential to be, or, or curious. I think it's very assumptive to, to just assume they're attracted to you, but you can tell by body language if someone's like recognizing your presence. It's, there's a, you can tell when someone's heart rate changes, just by the perceptiveness and with empathy being my greatest strength, I, I, I do take pride or at least feel confident in my ability to read people, uh, both in character and just their feelings. Right. So I went up and hollered, you know, I was talking to my friends. I was like, dude, those girls over there, I think we're making eye contact. Definitely the cutest girls in the, in the entire vicinity of this whole place. Um, uh, I was like, I got to go say what's up, but I don't want to be rude. I think what initially stopped me was the fact that they were with a guy, and I want to respect that, right? I want to respect – because nothing's worse. Like if one of them is there, say one of them is his girlfriend, I don't ever want to be the dude that, like, rolls up and, like, tries hitting on some dude's girlfriend right in front of him. That's the worst. I've I've dated really I've – dated, I've dated different girls in the past. Uh, one of them was, you know, smoking hot, and the worst thing ever is going out – and just, like, having dudes come up to her when you're trying to, like, have a night out. And you're like, bro, like, can't you see? Like, first of all, I'm out with my girlfriend right now. I'd really appreciate it if you would step back. But you can't necessarily be that forward. Otherwise, you come off as weak to your girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just be like, dude, get get lost. I'm with my chick. Yeah. There's, there's a line there. Everyone has a different style. I don't know how to tell you to do what you're going to do. Some guys maybe would just punch the dude in the face. I don't know. You know? Nevertheless, though... Um, I've never been a, a fan of physical force as your tool of weaponry um, or even negative, right? Being a negative campaigner, I'd, I always strive to, to win by success or by, like, true gentlemanness, right? Like, I'd rather win the right to remain where I am, like, in, in someone's presence through being a gentleman, and it's happened. Like, I remember one time in, in Hermosa Beach, I'm going to get back to my story, but there was a dude who was a, with a girl and I, and I, um, I was trying to, you know, hit on her and I don't know whether she was with this guy. I can't remember the situation, but the guy came up to me and he's like, Hey man, you can't hit on my girl, bro. Or he, he's like, you can't hit on her. I can't remember exactly what he said, but what matters is, I think I said, how come? And he said, cause I like her, man, you know? And I was like, you know what? I respect the vulnerability that you're willing to give me right there. Rather than trying to come at me with the fisticuffs and being like, dude, this is my chick back off, like commanding me what to do. 
he was requesting respectfully and definitely with my empathy, recognize empathy, empathy recognizes empathy. And then I asked him for his number because I was like, dude, you seem like a cool dude. I want to be your friend. You know what I mean? I, re I respect the fact that you were willing to be honest and put yourself out there. And I, I hope that the two of you, I said that to them, have a great relationship, you know, and that dude, I, I, uh, I think that that's the best way to go. That dude gentlemanly won that battle. And I, I did surrender. I surrendered because he was respectful, right? Um, ultimately, it's always the girl's choice, of course, right? It's not about two dudes, like, and their ownership over a woman. Uh, but I, I, I could recognize through our interaction that the girl was happy to be with him. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, girl's choice first always. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta always put that first, right? The girl chooses, um, whether or not to accept or deny, right? She's the gatekeeper, um, the gatekeeper to motherhood. Uh, what else? So anyway, back to the story. I meet these girls and I'm going to have to take a brief hiatus. Remember Mike, where I left off is that I was talking about, um, going up and talking to these girls that were with a guy, I need to tell the audience, um, I need to start where I actually went up to the girls and, and to the guy and what my icebreaker was. Okay. And then I explained the backstory of who the girls were and what they were doing, blah, blah, blah. All right. So interestingly enough, I see these girls and you know, I think I already said it, but a stallion was in their presence, AKA myself. Uh, I respected the dude they were with. I'm sure he was a stallion. Um, you know, and, and I'm always going to respect, I like to think I would at least always respect the male presence. And it's not a matter of like ownership or something like that. It's just guy to guy, right? It's simply, there's nothing worse than when you're out like with your girlfriend especially if she's cute and other dudes start approaching. I remember one time my girlfriend in college, uh, she actually looks like this, um, this girl that I met this weekend, this last weekend down there. She looked like one of the girls. Um, we were out one time just having dinner and this dude kept coming around. You know what I mean? Just like ex-military ex dude. You could tell like he had a screw loose in his mind not exactly sure what was going on there, but, um, he kept on, he was hovering, bro. And I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't want to be disrespect. Most guys just know not to do that, but this dude was bold enough to like overstay his welcome. And I could tell my girlfriend was flattered by it, but it wasn't cool. And I think that an actual verbal slash physical confrontation would have been needed in order for me to um, get this dude away, which is not my style, right? I like to kill him with kindness. Uh, luckily, the, the the establishment noticed what was up and they actually kicked the guy out. So uh, they knew that, I think that they knew that as a respectful gentleman, I had no play unless I wanted to get physical or, or start to actually confront the guy um, because, um, you know, kindness or di diplomacy was not going to work, uh, with this guy, Dis diplomacy, right? Kind of like, um, 
you know, like if Obama was uh, kind of having a conversation with Putin, I don't know how much diplomacy would work in that case. I think some sometimes you have to drop the gloves and fight. Um, you know, anyway, remove politics. So anyway, I see this girl, I respect the dude, I go over there, uh, and it was kind of one of those deals, I finally like worked up the, not the courage, because you know me, I'm crazy, I'll talk to anyone, man. Um, so I wouldn't say it was courage, but an angle that didn't, that I didn't think was disrespectful. I kind of consulted my friends and we decided, Hey, it's not, it wouldn't hurt anything if you go over there and promote your show. Right. And my friends were actually using my show as like, uh, WD 40 for conversation with girls throughout the weekend. It was really funny. Uh, some of the guys have, I guess, been rusty and out of it for a while. So like when all else failed, they would kind of like introduce me and say, this is my friend, a comedian. You should come to our show or come to his show tomorrow night, whatever it is. He's doing shows this weekend. So that was kind of cool that I could at least have something to offer the group in that way. Um, nevertheless, I went up to the table. I consulted my friends first. I said, hey, I'll just go promote for the show. All right. So I walk over there. I say, hey, guys, I'm doing a show this weekend. I want to interrupt anything. If you don't mind, I just wanted to kind of tell you the the details and then I'll move on if that's okay you know the guy was cool they were open to hearing a joke they weren't like rude or kind of dismissive at all um you know they, they gave me the 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 opportunity to make my pitch which was really respectable of them I, I, I really appreciated that um so I did my joke that I usually do uh, when people are like tell me a joke which is not like stand-up material because you can't really do your stand-up material in that type of setting. Really, stand-up material only works when you're actually doing stand-up. Uh, hard to explain why, and I don't think I even have an, a psychological read, reading, but like knock-knock jokes are good in person. Jokes that you tell around the campfire, uh, things like that, but actual material, material doesn't really work, right? You gotta kind of be elevated, spotlight has to be on you, uh, it's really kind of an odd dynamic, but there is actual science behind it. Nevertheless, I told that first joke, and the guy's like, wow, that's kind of dark. He wasn't hating, though, but I, it said something about his personality, which showed that, wow, this dude's not a jerk, right? Like, I think the fact that he perceived it that way quickly made me realize, you know, most people appreciate, like, sometimes a dark joke or a dark sense of humor because it's, like, ridiculous. And he respectfully was like, do you have anything else, like anything lighter? And I was like, wow, that's, yeah, I do. Um, so I told him the go to heaven joke, um, which is material, right? But nevertheless, it's, uh, you know, that's as light as it gets, right? My joke about LA being the city of angels and next time you're out there, live up to the name uh, instead of flipping people off when they cut you off and saying, F you go to hell, say, uh, I forgive you, go to heaven. So, um, I'm not going to do the bit right now. I'm sure you guys have probably heard it before if you follow me and probably heard me do it on stage or seen some of my stand-up. I don't know. I assume if you follow me regularly, you've seen that joke because I've done it uh, a couple times in the, over the years. Uh, stuff that's on, you can find stuff online from it, I think. Um, so... I went my, you know, I left after that, right? I went back to my friends, went back to the girls, you know, drinks, eats, whatever. And these people stuck around. And, um, you know, the day went on again. This is probably, 
I imagine that this rooftop was the coolest rooftop in Miami. I, I imagine uh, that it really that it was. I'm not just tooting my own horn. Um, the the level of like the difficulty of getting in, the actual terrain of it, the the niceness of the building, you know, very upscale. So I imagine this was the coolest place in Miami. And I talked to somebody who's only been to one other place that came second to that. It was some thing in Miami, some pool uh, deal in in or in, uh, in Vegas. So I took that as pretty strong credentials. I think it was the coolest pool I've ever seen, pool party type thing. Anyway, so these three people stayed around. Uh, one of my buddies kind of peeled off. Two of them were still chilling. And uh, I went back and said hi, right? That chick who is literally an 11 out of 10. You can look her up online. Her name's Amanda Casey Vance. Amanda Vance. She, both of the girls, I think they were both, I know they, I know that they were Miami Dolphins cheerleaders. Uh, I think one of them still may be. I know that they were at least, if not, one of them still is, if that makes Apparently makes sense. Apparently Amanda is not a cheerleader anymore. But if you look her up online, if you creep on her the way I did, because I'm a creep, <laughs> uh, you'll see that she's, uh, you know, like all over the internet for like, you know, sexiest girl in Miami or something like that. Um, you know, super, super 11 out of 10, perfect body, everything, right? Um, so we chatted for a bit, right? And I was in a good mood. I was in a playful mood. I wasn't nervous or whatever. Uh, you know, it's funny because she did look like my ex-girlfriend a lot. Um, and I told her that she was giggling about it. You know, wanted to see a picture of her to verify, right? Thinking, thinking. I think she wanted. I think she wanted to evaluate whether or not I'm actually on that level. You know, because she knows nothing about me other than the fact that I was charming and hilarious and not intimidated by her. Um, nah, she, she's cool. I'm, I'm tooting my own horn. Uh, nevertheless, though, it was, it was a great interaction. This chick freaking flipped me upside down, bro, metaphorically speaking. Um, I haven't felt that level of attraction. Uh, it's rare that I do, let's put it that way. Um, there was something about her that, that captivated me, I guess you could say. And I don't think it was really a two-way street. I think she was cool. I think she appreciated my style and thought I was funny and fun. Uh, but for whatever, re for whatever reason, I don't get the vibe. You know, I think it was like an in-the-moment thing for her, right? Uh, we follow each other on Instagram now, which is pretty cool. Both of the cheerleaders do. So you guys can look them up if you want. Uh, they both follow me on Insta. I uh, got a picture of her. She she let me take a picture of her um, after I verified that she looked like my ex-girlfriend. And, um, yeah, you know, we had a good time. I, 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 I Like I said, I get the, like, I would love to see where this could go, but, you know, I'm not, I kind of shot my shot, right? I took my best slap shot. She let me, like, line up, um, like, Happy Gilmore, essentially right and uh take my best slap shot at the net and i just you know i rocketed that freaking puck at the net uh best i could and you know i think she just kind of it just went into a black box with her you know i took my i took my best shot man followed up everything so you know it is what it is and i think that's what life is about like i've told you guys before like you should never back down from anything you should always swing for the fences and those fences are determined by you right you 
you know what you want. Your gut tells you what you want, what you're attracted to career-wise, attraction-wise, relationship-wise, and you don't ever back down, never back down, because the worst that can happen is exactly what happened. You know, um, she's not responsive to me anymore. Um, and that's fine. I feel, I feel like, uh, it was a good little psychological workout for a second. Um, you know, trying to figure out the best play. And you know, like I said, I took my shot. So, uh, cool thing is, is that's, t- that, that type of thing is motivating, right? Like knowing that there's people out there that make you want to, I'm already a motivated dude. You guys know me. I'm all about pursuing dreams, you know, Neo from the matrix type mindset, uh, everything, but then you, when something even like injects more motivation into you, you meet someone and you're like, man, I want to like prove this girl wrong or like show her that I am a boss. Like you are not evaluating my boss status. You are not evaluating my boss status level properly, miss. If you're not like hitting me up and knocking on my door, you haven't made the right evaluation and it's time for me to up my stock. It's time for me to make more money it's time for me to become more successful to be funnier to work harder on my jokes to have a larger reach to become a higher level of celebrity status um you know to to be the type of dude where you know me before i walk in the room right um that's where that's where it's at uh that's what makes this part of the world go around is is motivation for procreation right you um a lot of dudes, um, you know, it's it's women that drive them to want to be successful. I think that's a healthy thing as long as you are in control of it and you stay, like, on the right side of it, meaning, like, ethical and positive, right? You don't want to be going around slashing tires for chicks or, like, doing anything. Like, there's a line in life. Like, I want to be successful. I want to marry a woman that I find to be an 11 out of 10 uh, have babies with her, be able to take care of her, whoever that is, right? But someone that, like, literally grabs me, flips me upside down, but at the same time doesn't shake me from who I am or doesn't doesn't create, like, a, a drain on me, which ultimately could be a drain on society. I want it to be somebody that builds me up to be the best that I can be, right? Um, someone that I'm like, man, I better stay on my A game to one financially be able to provide for this chick Two, have my confidence level in check so i'm not leaning on her so i'm not insecure when i see three thousand dudes hitting on her constantly you know i need to be so successful and confident that it doesn't matter what she's doing because i'm good son you know what i mean i'm on i'm on my plane and my playing field and you're either gonna rise up to to my level, miss, or we're gonna do it together, right? Um, I'm a committed fellow. When I when I commit to a woman, I'm committed. You know, I, I haven't been in a serious relationship then since since you know I was with a girl that kind of looked like uh, Amanda, right? And uh, when I'm committed, I'm committed, son. You know what I mean? When I'm committed, I'm all in. And I'm thinking, let's make babies. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, let stuff motivate you in a positive way. Let it be constructive, not destructive, right? 
Uh, I'm never going to back down from any woman. There's no woman in this world that I would be too afraid of walking up and either being rejected or being afraid that I couldn't provide for her. I think to be the perfect state, like I'm striving to be the perfect me. And when I reach that level, money doesn't matter. Um, status doesn't matter, which it already, those things don't really matter already. But you know what? This is the way I'm choosing to live my life, right? I'm choosing to want to be worldly successful, right? I'm choosing to want that. That's not the only type of success though. Like, you know, just, just, uh, you know, they're, they're, you, you're just as successful, if not more successful, if you settle down, uh, with whatever woman that you want and whatever type of job that, that makes you happier, supports the lifestyle and allows you to have the family you want. That's another type of success. Like, I don't want it to seem as if I look down on anything outside of the mission that I'm on. I want to, I want to explain that clearly. I have a great respect for a lot of my friends, you know, they've got kids already. They, they're, they didn't necessarily pursue like a specific dream. And you know what? That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe that is their dream. Maybe their dream, they met the girl in high school that they wanted to marry and have kids with them and, and live the rest of their lives. And it doesn't matter what their job is, right? Whatever job they needed to do to support their family or whatever it is, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just know what I want to do and I know what I want to strive for. At the end of the day, it doesn't even really matter if you really think about it. Like, but... I'm doing it. I love the challenge and I, I'm striving for perfection. I'm striving for the perfect state of me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I feel like there's more room to grow, right? I, there's still more room to grow financial as far as financial independence. There's more room to grow, um, celebrity status uh there's more room to grow as far as value that i'm creating for this world um comedy that i'm creating for this world right um charitable contributions that i'm giving my time to so my from my perspective my my life is not done and the things that i want to accomplish and do yeah in this life and i think only god knows right i mean it could all end tomorrow uh for any of us right so we can't uh ever underappreciate um, you know, the time that we have had and, and the right now, right? Is really right now is, is the only thing that's, that truly is guaranteed. Um, you know, the past happened, you know, you can't change the past. So right now we're laying down the tracks of our lives, right? As I lay down this podcast track, we're all actually laying down the track even if the recorder's not on, the life recorder is on right now, guys. God's recorder is on right now, and you are laying down the track of your life. Um, and every 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 part of that track, you know, you can't change the past. You can only you can only focus on the moment, plan, and be laying down, you know what you want to be laying down as it's going forward right so focus on the forward focus on the now and the forward because that's all you can do don't look back unless it's to learn a certain lesson but don't wallow in the past whether you regret something or you're super proud don't freaking you know 
I know I'm getting a little preachy here, sorry. Uh, but don't rest on your laurels, right? Like, if you've accomplished a lot of great things, don't, like, sit around in the past and, and dream about that, about how you used to be great or living in the past of your previous shadow. Fuck your previous shadow, no matter how, no matter how big or small it is, to be honest. No matter how big it is, you think it's bigger than what you are right now? Who gives a shit? Focus on growing to outshine that shadow. Who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying, son? Anyway... Um, that's where I'm at, right? That's where I'm at. I did my show Saturday night. Uh, I've got back to New York this week. It's been fun. Uh, you know, it's been, uh, my mind was tweaked from this whole thing. Not a, women are a drug. Uh, a beautiful woman that has an effect on you is a drug. My mind was tweaked from the natural drug of beautiful women. Um, and, uh, I feel like uh, I feel like having gone down there has helped me grow up um, in some way, shape, or form. Just one step closer to the man that I am becoming, right? Uh, anyway, I appreciate you guys joining. I don't really have too much more. Um, yeah. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny?